When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Text us on 0499 736 736. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. What, what a fantastic way to enter the show with a bit of music. Welcome to the Friday Form Panel. Steve Cleave hosting with the great Dan Malecki. Good morning, Dan. Happy New Year to you, mate. I hope you had a terrific New Year's Eve and uh, look forward to what 2024 can bring us. Absolutely. It's exciting looking ahead, Steve. Yeah, uh, season's greetings to you and to all our listeners as well. And um, we are able to take a bit of a deep breath, I suppose, for some maybe get a, a little bit of a, a hiatus away from the hustle and bustle and the grind of it all. But uh, we're well and truly back into the swing, aren't we, with uh, the Country Cups uh, coming up thick and fast over the course of the, of the next month in particular and, and the next couple of weekends. We've got Country Cups on uh, uh, double headers on the Saturdays and the Sundays, but it's very exciting. It certainly is. The Country Cups are what bring the people out to the trots and uh, we love seeing the, the big crowds come out and uh, hopefully it can continue this weekend where we have the Bendigo uh, Cup meeting on, the Garrard's Horse and Hound Bendigo Pacing Cup and also the Elderbarren Park Maori Mile for the trotters. It looks a great fi- uh, form uh, night for the, the whole entire card there, Dan. Uh, a few races I found a little bit tricky um, I, I found some, well, what I believe are winners, but trying to find those third and fourth positions, I think if you're going to be playing exotics, I don't know how you saw it, but I'd be going pretty wide. Yeah, well, Bendigo's a, 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 a sort of track where being on the pegs is not a bad place to be, is it? And it's not really a track that I'd call that, um, that, that often. So I'm actually playing away. I'll be wearing white shorts this time, which is unusual. <laughs> uh, I always look better in black. Um, uh, so, and, and a different style of racing at times compared to, say, a Melton. You know, you sort of got that sweeping bend, whereas at uh, uh, a Bendigo, um, particularly if you get that, that, that slightly cheaper third quarter or even a cheaper second quarter, it's, um, it's certainly the place to be up on the speed. So Barry draws are critical, particularly when you've got the, the Metro class, the fast class horses there. It actually makes it much harder to come from behind a Bendigo, probably than most other tracks, when you've got that quality of horse there. Absolutely, and, and especially when they can all rip home in you know some sensational final splits, it makes it so hard to come wide, and and that's where speed maps become oh so important on meetings like this. But hopefully we can find a bit of value throughout the night. What we might do, Dan, is we'll go to a break in a minute. We'll come back and we'll start rolling through each of the races. We'll also get at the end of the show your best bets, your multi, and uh, maybe talk about Cobram Cup if we have time as well. So we'll quickly throw to our first break, and we'll be back right after this. Text us on 0499 736 736. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. 
Dan Malecki and Steve Cleave hoping to find you all the winners from a big card at Bendigo Saturday night. We're kicking off the night at 5.52pm with race one, the Nutrient Equine Pace. I'm not sure if you caught the meeting uh, New Year's Eve at Melton, Dan, but there were fireworks early. And uh, I'm just wondering, there's a fair bit of speed off the front row here. Is the same going to happen uh, Saturday night at Bendigo? And it was fireworks late as well, Steve, uh, at Melton on New Year's Eve. Um, yeah, I did catch a, a number of those races. Um, yeah, this this uh, an interesting type of race. Well, the horse I like is Soho Honey Rider, um, and she won uh, her, her maiden uh, last start, and that was at Bendigo. She drew back line, and uh, she beat some experienced horses and beat them well. That was on the back of a fourth and a Group 1 race in the Breeders' Crown Final. Um, so I like the way that she's emerging, but still she gives away a lot of experience uh, against uh, a number of, of runners here. Star's Destiny come out of one of those races that you were talking about was really good, but that was on the back of a good performance prior. David Miles has got his team going well and had a good night New Year's Eve. Um, I think Soho Honey Rider, uh, look, she doesn't have to lead, but it's only at a short distance race, and I suspect Michael Stanley will try to push forward. I think she's a good chance of getting to the front. Um, I wouldn't be even too put off if she ended up being without cover here because it might be the right sort of race over the short trip. Uh, I like where she's going, uh, Soho Honey Rider Steve, so uh, a clear top pick for mine. Uh, Just Mickey, um, from that gate, you'd think would want to try and press forward. It might end up without cover, and just being there, Just Mickey, might be the sort of horse that is able to go up, and even if Sunny Soho Honey Rider wasn't able to, to lead a Harley Blue, a Pete Mitchell, etc., or even a Polly Peach and cross them early, just Mickey might do enough to, to kick on Soho, Ronnie, uh, Soho Honey Rider to lead. So I suspect the four will probably end up in front. Um, just Mickey. Um, that last start performance was 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 okay. Um, yeah, it was okay. Uh, so she can improve off that, but the, the, um, the wide draw is... It means that uh, she'll be off the track most of the way or having to sit parked. Um, Harley Blue should end up with the right run of Shawarming Lass doesn't get a start. Harley Blue's a pegline runner, particularly over the short. It's got to be a key chance. And Star's Destiny, because it's in good form, you know it's pretty tough. Uh, and it should get a decent run through the field to settle in first half, perhaps, to give her a top four hope. But four, pretty keen about, four, seven, two and nine. Yeah, we're not far off uh, our numbers, Dan. I've actually just changed the first two around. I went with Just Mickey, big raw green type of horse. Even though it's you know it's had a bit of uh, racing, it should be starting to work it out. But maybe this is just how this horse is always going to be. But now in the care of Clayton Tonkin, this will be its second start for the stable. One thing I have noticed over the last sort of two years, eighteen months, is their second up form. They just improved dramatically. So. Happy to give it a big chance. Mark Pitt goes back on. I think he's the right person for it because he drives them, you know, fairly well and he can sort of smarten them up a little bit. Uh, Soho Honey Rider, certainly the horse to beat. I was just a little bit worried how it just didn't really want to put them away uh, last start when it won. I mean, it was out in front, but I don't know. They got close to it. Maybe Mick wasn't pushing it out, but it just didn't really grab me. So I've, I've snuck it in for second. Harley Blue, number two in for third, and then uh, the eight DY in for fourth, just hoping that maybe the pegs trip might be the place to be when it draws inside the second row. So four, seven, two, and nine for Dan. Seven, four, two, and eight for myself.
Uh, race number two at 6.32 p.m. is the Pride's Easy Feed, no Metro wins pace. So on the old system, the old MO, this is uh, a full field here. We've got 13 horses uh, in the field. We have... I'm just trying to find out the favourite here. Uh, I think Dance Away might start favourite, Dan. I'm not sure what you had them odds-wise. Yeah, I've got a pretty open race, but uh, I do have uh, in my own prices. Dance Away, I've got it priced uh, as uh, an equal favourite with Norm's Lady, would you believe? But I think it's tough. I've got probably six horses with strong uh, marks next to uh, that can all win this race. Uh, Dance Away was terrific last start, uh, Steve, on the back of a, a, a couple of okay performances. I mean, the Joe Leader performance the start before was good enough that where you'd want to have something on it next start. But, gee, the Geelong win just looked a different horse, the way it wanted to find the line, and it was impressive, um, very impressive. And, and on that run, it, it's hard to get it out of your mind that uh, wouldn't be able to win this race. Um, so Dance Away is my, my topic. I had no trouble in, in sort of... Um, uh, heading that way, um, backline draw, a, a bigger field. Uh, I mean, it's definitely going to be tougher. New opposition, highly invincible, comes from Tasmania with a good, you know, recent record throughout its last campaign. Um, joins Andy Gaff, um, but certainly going well enough to be a key chance. But another one uh, that has drawn the back line, and some of the key chances are drawn the back line. I mentioned Norm's Lady, she's going really well, isn't she? Against. Yeah. Quality opposition, Hot Deal, Paradise Valley, Crimes of a Lady. They'd all be favourites in this race, and they're horses that she's finished just behind in recent starts. So that's a really good form line. Um, we might get a surprise within one of those horses I've mentioned that will get decent odds when the fixed odds eventually come up. But uh, I think, you know, the barrier draw might be uh, a challenging for a number of them, but that's the key. I think some, the, most of the key chances have drawn what we would often refer to as awkwardly. Uh, so if they're all drawn awkwardly, you're going to get value about some of them, aren't you? So 10, 11, 7. Joe Leader's the other one I've put in. Most of her best performances have been when she's been in front. She has won once from uh, from behind. That was four starts ago. Um, uh, sorry, that was uh, last uh, was it last prep. It was certainly a number of starts back. She hasn't had that opportunity too often. But she's definitely got the ability. Um, she's got a few little quirks though at the same time so i've got her in the mix as well but 10 11 7 and 9 uh i could also entertain illawong awesome doesn't win out of turn but it's going well enough to win one so uh it's definitely in the mix there business class is going well um so as i said I've, there's probably six key chances uh and i'm confident enough that if dance away is the same horse that turned up at geelong last start whatever beats it wins it, it was just fantastic yeah, it certainly was. That time it ran was 1.53 to 56.4 death seating. And yeah, that's not a fast track Geelong, so that's pretty impressive. And it, and it won with absolute conviction. On with you, Dan. I've tipped the 10 on top. I, I just think of a repeat performance. I, I struggled to see how they beat it. Um, it is over 21.50, which will help these horses with the bad draws off the second row. If it was a 1650 race, it would certainly make it a lot more tricky for them. For second, I've got Illawong Awesome. Uh, it's our little black book runner for this race, and it is absolutely kicking the door down to win a race. And it loves to be driven with a bit of luck and sprint home. And I can see it absolutely flashing home late here. I've got in for third, Jolita. And then the 7 and the 11, Norm's Lady and Highly Invincible, uh, in equal fourth. This is one of those races where I just think you've got to go wide for your multiples. You know, as you say, business 
first class could certainly fill in the multiples as well. Um, a little bit of luck's going to come into play, but 10, 11, 7 and 9 for Dan, 10, 8, 9 and 7 for myself in what looks like it's going to be a terrific race, race number 2. Race number three at 7.02pm is the spring H2O pace over the 16.50 metres. We've got another strong line-up here. Another Nien. Uh, gee, it was so unlucky the other night. It got crossed and then just had absolutely no luck. It's got the pole draw. Can he lead? Can he hold the lead? And can he win? Yeah, well, yes, maybe, sort of. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Love that answer. Look, the barrier draw is certainly um, suitable enough. I mean, Cranbourne led and got run down there. Um, I think would have to step up its game from that because this is much stronger than its last start, even though it looked unlucky. So, But it gets the barrier draw, which might balance it out. So definitely I've got it in the mix there, but I did work uh, around it slightly. Madigan's a, an impressive, uh, lightly raced horse. He, he won with authority at Chuka. Gee, he's a good mover when he stretches out. Um, but he can still do things wrong, you know. He gets a bit rocky on the score up. And uh, look, he's only been beaten three times. Um, and on that tighter track, he, he just he got around that final turn like a greyhound and really ripped home as well. Very impressive. Never got into the race when he, he met the better opposition at Melton. He got shuffled back and was never in it. Uh, and then in between runs, he was third in the, the race that Orby won. It was a good performance. He was a short price favourite that night. But. He's, he's shown that he can get off the gate okay without being a, a brilliant beginning, but he seems to build up momentum. And this being 1,650 metres, uh, he's got to go forward. He'll come into barrier four now because high fluxes are scratching. Um, the lightly raced, obviously very progressive, but he's also very good already. Um, so he's the, uh, he's the one that I've got on top. Uh, I would think that Rikiro Slammer's going really well. And if another Nian does lead, Rikiro Slammer gets that, uh, the right run. Um, so it's a it's a good each way chance. Captain Rival has to be in the mix. So I thought he was just fair first up, and but like you've made the point uh, earlier, that uh, the runners from the from the Emma Stewart stable they do improve a lot more second up uh, nowadays. So expect him to be better. And his overall form of being good, he comes out of a, a, a quite a long break, and and another Nien's the other one in the top four. So um, five, eight, six, and one. Five, eight, six, and one for Dan Malecki. Uh, I've gone one, five, six, and eight, just uh, over the short at Bendigo on the pegs. I think another Nien may be able to hold the front from Madigan, who I just put a question mark on whether it can sit outside the leader and win. Uh, if I thought it could, I would actually put it on top. So uh, no surprise if it does come out and win. The sixth captain rival, as Dan just mentioned, it's a lightly raced horse who should improve second up. Riquero Slammer in for fourth. That's three races down at Bendigo Saturday night. We're going to go to a quick break and we'll come back with race number four. Text us on 0499 736 736. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. Welcome back, Dan Malecki and Steve Cleave, bringing you the Friday form panel for Bendigo Saturday night, Bendigo Pacing Cup night. We are up to race four. We'll cover this one off before the news break. Dan, where he's all muscle, 
basically second up from uh, not so much a spell, but a freshened up with uh, eight weeks between races. Gets a barrier draw here. Can he take advantage of it? And do you have him chipped on top? Um, no, I don't have his uh, muscle on top. Being 16.50 and there's a bit of speed out wider, I thought he'd get crossed. Uh, but he can still find the line strongly as he did last start. He got shuffled back on the pegs from the back row draw and he was first up from a break as well, but he hit the line well. So he's got improvement to come. He's all muscle, but I'm, I, I think he will get crossed at the start in races similarly going back, you know, throughout his uh, career, but particularly more recently in his career. Horse like Egret has cost, uh, crossed him quite quite easily from a, from a similar draw. So, and you got a horse like a Golden Sunset who gets off the gate pretty well. Love Gun doesn't really have any gate speed, and he, if Hugo's okay. Kiang Zena used to show gate speed, has had four runs back from a long break, and they've all been uh, somewhere between okay and so-so. Um, so whether or not they'd be prepared to push her off the gate. Uh, but I thought Egret might be able to lead, and if Egret leads, would be extremely hard to beat. There might be enough room for something else to drop in behind. That might be Golden Sunset. Um, Hazel Muscle's a terrific chance, though. Even though he might be three back the pegs in my eyes, Steve, I think he can still find the line well. So I've put him in for second. Six, one, two, Love Gun, and, uh, and seven, uh, Rebel Stoke. Um, still going well enough, but from the draw, I think Egret might have her measure unless Egret doesn't lead and has to work too hard. So Golden Sunset, I thought, had every chance last week. Maybe they just went too slow, but she might end up in a good spot to want to have her in the mix for your exotic plays. I've tipped 6, 1, 2 and 7. 6, 1, 2 and 7 for Dan Malecki. I have gone 1, 6, 4 and 7. I thought maybe he could bustle through enough just to be able to hold leaders back. Egret shown a tremendous gate speed, can cross pretty much anything and will be out there for running uh, along very nicely. So I did think he's or Muscle might be able to get a little bit more luck this time. It did lock wheels on the home corner and got up the home straight very well when first up. The draw, I think, helps a little bit better than the second row draw of last start. Egret, I thought, will just give him an absolute bold side out in front and you may get a little bit of value there the four anywhere hugo he's a roughie but you've got to put him in your first fours he hit the line really well last week for a third after maybe some disappointing runs and revelstoke our little black book runner who's always thereabouts. You can never leave this horse out of your first fours. So six, one, two, and seven for Dan Malecki. One, six, four, and seven for myself. That is race four at Bendigo on Saturday night. We'll head to the news break now. And when we come back, we will go through and get up to the Bendigo Pacing Cup. Text us on 0499 736 736. Live on SEN Track. Welcome to the Friday Form Panel. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Steve Cleave and Dan Malecki. We are up to race number five on Bendigo Cup Night with the Elder Baron Park. Mary Mile, a $75,000 race for the trotters, the free-for-allers. We have some tremendous trotters coming around here with some inter-dominion flavour, especially with that of Queen Elida, our favourite. Dan, we actually have odds for a race here Saturday night, so I'll quickly go through the odds before you reel off your tips. Uh, probably nothing... Um, 
out of the ordinary and it's probably a race that we didn't need to see the odds to to do our selections with but visionary has opened up at 14 it is now at 12s rc phoenix is at six dollars travel bug is out to 71 queen elida a dollar 30 ebony's avenger 126 dollars i'm ready jet eight dollars sleepy 51 and Mufasa Metro, also coming back from that Inner Dominion series, is at $7 currently. Uh, how do you see this playing out? Is it as uh, clear as what it looks on paper? I'm a little dubious in the sense that Queen Elida should be so short and you can easily get sucked into believing, oh, she's a good thing. And, uh, you know, just load up and uh, and throw in all your multis. Um, she's short enough, I think. I don't think she'll get any shorter. But she does look as if she might be able to get to the front. She's a horse we know for a ter- tremendous uh, sit sprint ability. But also, she's got the quality to be able to press forward, um, probably even sit without cover in a race like this. But I still think she could be vulnerable. Just off the back of an Inter-Dominion series, you would imagine she'd just have a little freshen up. I mean, as a trainer, Steve, coming off the back of four run, uh, four hard runs in a two-week period, when she didn't really start that uh, that campaign or, or the Inter-Dominion series that well, she seemed a couple of lengths below her best. And I think by grand final night, I'm not sure if she was at her best or not, but I've seen her go better, um, but nothing could have beaten the winner just the same. She's always been that heavy set mare, beautiful mare though, just the same, that she can carry a bit, a bit of condition. You can get a false sense that uh, she she looks like she's uh, uh, underdone uh, and she carries that condition, but she can still perform well fresh. But if you were training her or any horse, are you coming back after the interdom? You would have to have had some sort of fresh in a few days in the paddock. Does that make her vulnerable, Steve? It, I'm glad you actually said that, Dan, because, uh, you know, sometimes you write notes and you think, oh, does that just look silly or not? But my notes just simply said, should be hard to beat if, and a big if, she is fully wound up. Sometimes she needs a run. And we've seen that before. Her first up runs after a little freshen up. She does put on weight so very quickly they reckon she gets fat off fresh air. So, uh, you know, she if she hasn't really had the screws tightened up, then I did have that tiny little question mark. And there's no way I'd be laying into her at $1.30. That's for sure. Way yeah. too short for me. But if she's, look, if she's fully screwed down, ready to rock and roll, then, yeah, I, I struggle to see anything being able to beat her. But there is some really nice horses in this race that are rock-hard fit, and, and I'm ready Jet's one of those. Yeah, exactly. I, look, I couldn't agree more. She does carry that condition really well. Uh, you know, you can see her, and she often looks like she's big and she's going to need a run, but she's actually proven time and time again she can carry what looks excessive condition and carry it well. Being fresh and over the short trip, it might all work out. But at a dollar thirty, you said, you know, I, I just think that it's far too short. She's clearly the one to beat, and she might end up in front here because I can't really see anything that would want to keep her out. Chris Alford might want to light her up off the gate. Being over the short trip, she can bounce out of the run better for what she's got ahead of her. But I, I couldn't, with confidence, tip anything that that could beat her. But I'm ready, Jet. Clearly, um, uh, uh, she was better last start. I'm ready, Jet. She was much better, so she's ready to offer that sort of a challenge. I wouldn't give up on Visionary from the good gate at all. Um, I think she she's drawn to get the right run, Visionary. And and Mafasa Metro, if he'd drawn the front line, you'd expect he'd lead and he'd take a lot of running down. He was terrific right through the, the end of Dominion, but he's been terrific right through his career. He chases well also. And, um, it, you know, he might be able to weave his way through the field. If there is any chinks in the armour first up on Queen Elida, and remember... 
it's not so much just that she's that first up from a break and we're, we're, we, we might be looking too far into um, her not being 100%, but I'm, I feel confident she's not going to be 100%. If she was 100% at $1.30, you'd think that would match, but she's not going to be 100% for this race, is she? She's got to have improvement to come out of it, and that's why $1.30 might look under the odds. I, having said that, I can't get the confidence elsewhere with something else. Visionary might be the one that's over the odds and gets the right run, even from a place perspective. Um, so I've definitely got her in the mix. I've tipped four, six, eight, and one, which is, is no surprise. It's probably almost everybody's either top four, certainly top three. But I would um, I would look at uh, having uh, a couple of quaddies here um, and um, might be one with Queen Elida, uh, one out, but I'd certainly be putting in my other... Uh, selections in the top four, four, six, eight, and one. I, I think she might just get out slightly. Couldn't see her possibly shortening up from that quote. That's based on the fact she might even lead, Steve. Uh, but if she didn't lead, she's not a dollar thirty shot. No, correct. It, uh, look, I'm, I'm really glad everything you just said. Then, Dan, I I just wholeheartedly agree with, and my tips are exactly the same as yours: four, six, eight, and one. And my only note was only fitness gets her beat. So. It, it's funny, you know, you sort of look at it and you think, wow, well, best horse in the race. But, yeah, I did have that little query because if she had had a race last week, possibly, and then into this, you'd know exactly where she's at. But first up, she has done it before where she's, you know, shown a, a little bit of improvement to come. So there's always that question mark and thirty is way too short. Uh, yeah, I'm ready, Jet. She looked back towards her best not quite there yet but she looked much more like the old on ready jet last start and she is rock hard fit i think she's definitely the one in the race that'll be possibly able to beat her mufasa metro although he won't be leading he's still got that massive sprint on him so if they do happen to sort of burn early um you know he's going to be really sitting on that speed and absolutely loving it and i agree visionary place to be a mile at bendigo on the pegs um it's a little bit closer to the first corner than the 1650 meter race has been only 1609 so that gives visionary that extra bit of chance to hold up and get on Queen of Lighters back because RC Phoenix doesn't have the gate speed to cross her. Travel Bug may have a little bit of a look, but I'd, I'd be shocked if they did. So I think Visionary is nearly guaranteed to be leaders back on Queen Alina. So we are both going with numbers four, six, eight, and one for the Elderbaron Park Maori Mile race number five. Race six, which is the Alibar Bloodstock Pace, another open race here. Uh, it took me a little while to pick out this race, Dan. I, I sort of changed my tips around a few times. Um, how did you find it? Was it an easy one for you? Or does this one you really need to go wide in your quaddy legs? Possibly. Um, it was one that I did keep uh, to last before I decided. I mean, Jillaby Jack Sparrow's the horse. He really caught the eye coming from back in the field last start. He, his form at the 1,200 metres was terrific as he's got good gate speed. But back row draw last week in a f- race where the form line should be strong because Earl of Pembroke and Captain Pins go to uh, Cobram Cup and they look two of the key chances. Earl of Pembroke's form is terrific. So Jellyby Jack Sparrow to take round off them in a pretty quick final quarter was really good. Um, stretching out to 2,150 metres, I'm, I'm not sure that that is a, of any great concern, but he, he's good form recently has been over the short, the, the very short, the 1,200s. He got the gate speed to cross them and then a matter of whether Jason Lee would take the trail because he, he, he found the, the line so strongly chasing last start. 
he would have to cross Yubicha Tiger Pie first, and, and I think he's a good chance of doing that, but it wouldn't necessarily be easy, and I, I just wouldn't put my uh, chips all in the one um, the one basket for him to cross Yubicha Tiger Pie, who's also racing well and would be ideally suited uh, trailing uh, Jillaby Jack Sparrow if it worked out that way. So that's, uh, that's the order I've gone with, four ahead of two, but I really like the way Jillaby Jack Sparrow is going. Um, but to be fair to you, Betcha Tiger Pie, he's won his last three starts in a row. This is a horse that had won two of 20 and has now won his last three in a row. So he stepped it right up um, and gets the good gate. Uh, beyond that, horses obviously on the second row. I tell you one at odds that, uh, you know, you just get a bit of a feeling for, can't match it necessarily on current form, but I reckon Radius, just with a bit of a change-up driver, Jackie Barker drives Radius for the first time. Uh, he's the sort of horse that might get out to really good odds, and if he won this race, he would shock nobody because you know he's capable of doing it. It's been a while since he's last won a race, um, but this is the right sort of race that would suit him to be a chance of running top four and at good odds. So I've got him in the mix. And and he's Charlie's Angel. Also, David Miles is uh, taking the drive on he's Charlie's Angel. And, you know, I've got him in the mix as well. Millennium would be a chance. Lightera's a chance. Could start making cases for a lot of others, whether they be for a winner or a place. Rosarito misses another one. I'm sure you're no different. Um, so four, two, nine, and seven are my top four, but I could easily include a few others, at least in the top four. Yeah, this is one of those races I'd certainly be going wide in the quaddy. Uh, I actually settled on Melanian number 10 here. It won a 1,200-metre race three back. It went wide last start when the winner, Arg, went back to the inside. Arg then popped back out at the top of the straight in front of Melanian, and they basically held the same distance to the line from each other. Melanian didn't get dropped off and maybe made up an extra metre or two up the straight, which is hard to do on Arg, who savages the line. So I think with Kate back on Melanian, I think it can win here. Dillaby Jack Sparrow, I had him for second. My only question was the 21.50, just seeing out the distance. Um, we'll certainly find out exactly where he is going because he's a really nice horse. He's got terrific gate speed. I've thrown the eight slight terror in for third. I thought it was a good win when he was leading. He needs to get off the pegs pretty quick, but he may get a good track into the race behind either a Radius or a Millennium. And number three, Springfield Affair, I would throw in for a little bit of value, but agree, you've still got Rosarito Miss. He's Charlie's Angel. You know, Radius, you've got so many different horses in this. I wouldn't be surprised if any of them came out and won. So the numbers 4, 2, 9 and 7 for Dan, 10, 4, 8 and 3 for myself in a race that, that looks extremely open. That is race 6 at Bendigo. We're going to throw to another ad break and then when we come back, it'll be race 7, the Garrard's Horse and Hound Bendigo Pacing Cup. Text us on 0499 736 736. Welcome back to the Friday format. Welcome back, Steve Cleve and Dan Malecki, bringing you the Bendigo Cup meeting from Saturday, this Saturday night. We are up to race seven, the Garrard's Horse and Hound Bendigo Pacing Cup. $75,000 race for the Pacers. Very quickly, Dan, how's this for a bit of a lineup? Popular arm, bag limit, quite famous, Rolliella, the unicorn, 
Knight Rainbow, Captain Rufus, Mother Courage, Sokiola, the list just goes on. Smoking Up, Decorated Jasper, Chris and Me. It's just been an amazing honour roll of horses that have won this race in the past. Yeah, it certainly has been. Um, I've been there for, for a number of those over a, a period of time, but um, yeah, right, it's it's a pretty special race, isn't it? And one that the Bendigo should be should be proud of with that honour roll. Um, this year's edition is, uh, well, it's it's a race where I've, I've narrowed it down to four key chances, um, but I still wasn't sure. I, I think um, there's nothing much between the four of them. I'm still... Well, I'm going to have to lay it in concrete now to, to see who I come up with. And um, I can probably find just a, a minor query with all, all of the top four horses, but also a number of positives as well. It's, it's, all, it's not all negative, you know. Um, yeah. But I'll, I'll go through um, the one horse, Serge Blanco. Like the odds? Yeah, go for the odds. Go through the odds first. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So. so the punters or the, the tab have certainly got your same feeling. So we have Serge Blanco at $3.80, Cosimo's 51 triple eight eleven, our Vincent Kango 21 Ultimate Vinny 26 Beyond a Light favourite at three sixty. Cora Valley Star eleven, Hurricane Harley four dollars, Max Delight four forty. So I'm not sure. I'm not good at working out those percentages, but we've got uh, four horses around that four dollars mark or shorter. Yeah, well, four dollars is around twenty five percent. So you're working to that average of about a hundred, hundred and ten, hundred and twenty, about a hundred and thirty odd. Um, but that could change up a little bit. Nonetheless, all four, I mean, it's the sort of race that should be a decent betting race. Um, from top to, to bottom, uh, I might just run through and give a comment for each one of them, Steve. Absolutely. Serge Blanco, Barry... We have got time? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Serge Blanco, obviously the Barry draw is going to be suitable. He can come off the gate pretty good. I wouldn't say he's a brilliant beginner, but at times he can come off the gate really good. Does he come off the gate as well from barrier one? Little query, because he might get crossed by Ultimate Vinny and, and by Coravelli Star. They both get off the gate really quick. But if he can hold up and possibly end up with a run of the race, I can see him winning it from that position. He's a good chance to end up in that position, but he's got to keep out those two, uh, Ultimate Vinny and Coravelli Star at the start. I think he's going well. His last two runs in those free-for-all companies from backline draws have been excellent. He, he's he's run terrific time. He's found the line strongly. Uh, and the turnaround with the barrier draw is a big plus if he can take advantage of one. I'm not expecting that he could lead. Uh, if he does, it's a bonus. Uh, might want to sit behind a beyond delight if indeed he can hold them out for early enough. But he's a terrific chance. A lot of positives with him. But, you know, the little negative is if he does get crossed in that early part by Ultimate Vinny, who'd probably take a trail, and Coravelli Star, who may also then take a trail, um, it just makes it that little bit harder from three back to the inside. Cosimo, um, look, you can always run a place in these sorts of races at big odds. Pace is on. If it's a brutally run race, that's the way it might suit him, but he'd need to be on the pegs. Uh, triple eight, if it is run at a brutal tempo, he is the best outsider in the race. He doesn't win often, but he needs the race run to suit. Very much a, a Goldilocks type of horse now. It's got to be just right, um, but he still finds the line strongly, and particularly with Greg Sugars. So... He's the one at odds that you might want to just include uh, if they do go at a really good tempo. And the mere fact that it's over the longer trip here, it just might um, take a bit out of some of the others to suit him and finish off that last quarter. Unless they walk, 
They walk, obviously, it makes it tougher for him. Our Vincent Kengate, going terrific, but this is a big step up. I think it's a, a, a much bigger step up. So I haven't got him as a winning chance. Ultimate Vinny, I think, would be best suited if it was able to get across and then take cover. It is going well. Even from behind, not hopeless in running a place. Beyond Delight, he hasn't won a race since July of 2022, but all his performances since then, he's only had five runs this year. They've been very good, and some of them equivalent, I think, to wins, but um, it would be a good confidence builder for him if he could win this, and he looks a really good chance to do so. He hit the line hard from inside the back row at Melton. Definite winning chance. Coravelli start, gets off the gate really quickly. Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if he led from barrier number seven, Steve. So he, he comes into play there if he can get to the pegs. I think he's a much better horse on the pegs from what we've seen so far, and particularly going to Bendigo for the first time. If he could get to the pegs first, that would help his cause immensely. I'm not sure he can get into it if he can't cross. Hurricane Harley, she said that little bit of a gap between runs. If he'd drawn the front line, I'd have no hesitation in tipping him. Um, his last run was behind McDan in that race where they went really slow in that Breeders' Crown free-for-all. There wasn't really run at a fast tempo, but they came home in quick quarter. So his effort was excellent. He just sprint lane and, and he was solid, but it was never going to suit him. And, and Max Delight, well, if you just judge his uh, performances on his last three or four starts... Uh, you can see why he's a $4 shot. I mean, he's turned his form around, a horse that nearly had forgotten how to win, and, and now he's just savaging the line. He's won a Bendigo Cup at this, this track, and I think he's as good a chance as the other three that I've got uh, in, my, in my top four as well. So as much as I've gone through every horse to, to, to highlight what I believe, uh, how they might be able to win or can't win the race, I've still found it very difficult to try to narrow it down to one top pick uh, my selections are 1, 8, 6 and 9. Uh, I'm pretty confident the winner comes out of those. The only exception to that rule would be Brutal Tempo, Triple Eight at 20 to 1 could run over the top of them. Uh, but I think Serge Blanco, uh, that's based on him getting that right run. That, the right run would be if his leader's back. If, if he can hold out Ultimate Vinny and, say, a Coravelli star early, and then uh, Ryan Duffy uh, waits to see whether he'd take a trial behind Beyond Delight or not, uh, I think he can win. I, I re really think he's flying at the moment, Serge Blanco, but barrier one could be a bonus uh, or uh, it could uh, it could work the other way as well. It's a fine line, isn't it? One, eight, six and nine. Yeah, it certainly is, Dan. You've gone through them. Absolutely beautiful. Serge Blanco is that question mark. So we have three runners and three bets from our little black book on Saturday night, and that is Beyond Delight to win with Serge Blanco and Max Delight, a small win, a large place bet, and I think they can trifecta the race. My query with Serge Blanco is... I think our Vincent can go. He's got terrific gate speed. I wouldn't be surprised if he crosses and then hands up. And, and I mean, Serge could end up four pegs and then back out and having to go wide. So that early burn is really going to be important for him. That's a bit of an in-play uh, bet, I think, with Serge Blanco. But you're right. If he leads and then, say, hands up to be on the light or, or even holds him out, he is absolutely flying. He missed a spot last week in the run. Max Delight took his spot, won the race, and Serge Blanco made ground on Max Delight up the straight. So he's absolutely flying. But beyond the light, I felt if he got out two strides earlier, he just wins that race last week. 
He's not going to be driving for luck this week. He's not going to be locked away on the fence. They can drive him to however this race pans out, and I think that that gives him a big, big tick for mine. So I've got him clearly tipped on top beyond a light from Serge Blanco, Max Delight in for third, and then just open up the field for fourth. Um, I actually threw our Vincent Kango in for fourth, just thinking maybe it does cross and then hands up to beyond a light and its leaders back can possibly fill the first four placings. We do have to get to a news break in a moment, Dan, so we won't go through to race uh, number eight until we come back from the news. But it's going to be a terrific night's racing, and it's great to see these country cups. I mean, Echuca, New Year's Day, and Bendigo this first weekend in January run at a time when people are out on holidays and travelling around, and uh, hopefully they'll draw a massive crowd. Yeah, absolutely. I hope they do too. Echuca had a terrific crowd. Albury had a terrific crowd. Um, uh, obviously, New Year's Eve at Melton's terrific. So hopefully uh, that uh, trend continues and Bendigo and their cup meeting deserve to get a good crowd out there. They certainly do. The weather should be fine and uh, really looking forward to the race, especially this one, to see how they turn it on for us. We're going to shoot off now to the 11.30 news break and when we come back, we'll come back for race number eight at Bendigo Saturday night. Text us on 0499 736 736. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. Steve Cleave, Dan Malecki bringing you all the tips for racing at Bendigo Saturday night for the Bendigo Pacing Cup meeting. We're up to race number eight with the J&A Mazzetti painting race for the mayors. Our great friend, Emmy Mazzetti, great sponsor of the trots as well, uh, sponsoring this race. And uh, it's an interesting race. We've got the Tasmanian mayor who's had 10 starts for seven wins uh, coming over to race here. And we've also got one of your great mates in Robbie Orber's horse, Nikki Nana, who's gone five for five for the new stable. Can she make it six from six? Yeah, well, Mare in form, we've mentioned that many times before. She won five races through the course of December, and quite extraordinary, uh, with uh, with Julie Douglas. So um, this is another big step up in class, but uh, she's um, she's found how to win again, and uh, I think she's enjoying it. Uh, and taken some decent enough sculpts along the way as well to consider her a chance, but this is much tougher. What one would have thought uh, out of Monomia and Nikki Nana, Monomia was always the better horse, but... Her tractability and the fact that she always starts off the back line, it makes it challenging for her. But I think I'd still have Monomia rated above Nikki Nana, but Nikki Nana's head is full of confidence at the moment. And and uh, I would think that I'd prefer to be on her side than not. Um, the back row draw may um, make it a bit more difficult uh, with Paradise Valley drawn to work across and lead. She had a chance last start. She was still pretty solid as a short price favourite. Um, the, the Tasmanian mare's... Look, she she's in a really nice filly. Uh, well, she's just turned four now. She hasn't had a lot of racing. I wouldn't say she's a fast beginner, but I've seen her come out of the gate pretty well uh, a couple of times. Um, if you're looking at your guide to last start, it says she sat outside the leader. Well, that's not true. She sat behind the leader. Never at any stage was she outside the leader until she swamped it at about the 400. 
Um, so it's a bit misleading there. She's only little, Steve, uh, Ilac Picaria, but she's, uh, she's pretty good. And if she was able to cross those, those three that are drawn on her inside, uh, I would probably think that they'd be happy to take a trail behind Paradise Valley and then use the sprint lane. But she's, she's pretty good. She's got that sort of form line that suggests she might be. And some of her wins have been by big margins, as it was last start as well. But she had that right run. So... I, I think maybe at the value, the four's the way to go because the six has been getting pretty, you know, at a very short quote in her races of late and she's going well, but I think we know where she is at. So I'm going with a Tasmanian here. Um, Ilac Picaria, number four from six, Paradise Valley, eight, Nikki Nana and nine, Monomia. Well, we've agreed again. This is only the second time for the whole meeting. We've agreed on the numbers here, Dan. Uh, I like Picario, as you said. It's uh, Tasmanian's form sometimes a little bit hard to line up. But, uh, look, when they've got ability, you can soon pick a nice horse. And she looks like a nice mare who's going to go through her grades. As we said, 10 starts for seven wins and $114,000 in stake money is a great record. No matter whereabouts you're racing, Paradise Valley, she flies the gate. She'll have a crack early. Most likely she'll be leading. She showed last start they backed her right into amazingly short odds. But she just didn't find the line. I lack Picaria will just be sitting on her back, ready to go bang. Uh, Pegs here over the 1650 uh, will certainly play in her favour. And then, yeah, Nikki Nana, who is flying, and Monimia. They absolutely, uh, both of them are going terrific, even though Monomia's form doesn't look that great. She's uh, she's not getting beaten that far, and, and she'll be flashing home late. And a smaller field, she'll be close enough that uh, if they do go hard early, she'll be ready to pounce at the end. So four, six, eight, and nine for both Dan and myself. We've got about three minutes before we shoot to the next break, so we'll quickly run through race number nine, the world's best hoof all trot. Your selection. More wanted was ter- terrific uh, last start, Steve, at, uh, at Geelong. A very fast beginner. Even from seven, um, I think it just leads. I'm, I can't find anything that could possibly keep it out at the start. Am I overlooking something here? Because if no. you look at More Wanted as if it's drawn two, I can just see it leading comfortably. And the way it won last start and the format of the race has been pretty good, um, got no idea what price it's going to be, but it looks like it might. it's a standout here, the seven More Wanted. Uh, Utopia is drawn inside the back row and very good, but the advantage might be for More Wanted um, to, to be in front. I, I think it's terrific each way play the seven again. Now with Vince De Coco, but it was terrific winning at uh, Geelong. And it was good odds there. Eight Utopia, very hard to beat, obviously, coming off a bit of a break. Ten El Rosamo continues to perform well. And uh, I've got the two in the mix, which is Elder Baron Boyd. But seven, eight, ten and two. Yeah, I'm uh, not going to disagree with you there. Seven might be a wide draw, but that gate speed, I think it crosses over and is going to be in it for a long, long way. I did tip Utopia on top. I just thought they'll get out off the rail as quickly as they can and uh, put it into the race as soon as possible. Uh, It's two wins so far. This prep have been super think it's going to be hard if it gets any luck in the run to be beaten this one again i've got more wanted in for second for that pegs line trip out in front i said it's going to be there for a long long way and uh, i don't think there'll be a lot in it at the finish i've then thrown the nine naked ambition and the four 
Shaq the Anvil. I tell you, Shaq the Anvil was one I thought was a nice each-way play. It raced well through the Derby, the Breeders' Crown, and if he can work forward off the gate, I think it's definitely got a chance at odds. So 8, 7, 9, and 4, but that's including leaving out El Rosamo and a couple of others. But a tricky race, race 9. We're going to throw to an ad break, and we'll come back with the lucky last race from Bendigo Saturday night. Text us on 0499 736 736. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Steve Cleave and Dan Malecki. We are up to race 10, the better vet pace at Bendigo Saturday night. Small field of just six runners, Dan, but an interesting little speed map here. I'm not sure how you saw it. Can Fides get the money first up? Uh, it's one fresh before, but uh, we've got a couple of really good horses in form at the moment. How do you see this one playing out? I thought that um, that Fides might be able to get past the silent major, so get to the pegs first, and the captain, who's a quick beginner, end up in front. So... I thought that was the most likely scenario, like Captain leading and, and Fidey sitting behind it, and therefore they become the, the, the two best winning chances in the race. Naturally, Terry's got the ability, and uh, and certainly so what has as well. Um, Mark Captain, um, often we see leading, but over the 2200, you just wonder whether it's an option that Greg Sugars might think about taking a trail, then putting what could be his main danger, Fides. We're not certain how forward Fides is because he's first up after such a long break. And if there was a horse that uh, Greg Sugars might take a trail behind, it may well be Terry. So all of a sudden, Terry's chances improve because he might uh, work to the front. Uh, but I think that is up to Greg Sugars, whether he was happy leading, and it'll depend on the tempo, or, or whether or not he'd like to have Lark Captain chase them down because he does find the line pretty well uh, when he's got that right sort of a run. Um, uh, Fides is a big chance if its leader's back. It's probably still some hope three back the inside, getting the sort of run it needs to have first up. So um, that's, a, that's, that's the likely speed map, I, I thought, if Greg Sugars wanted to uh, hold the lead with like captain. So it'll come down to tempo uh, in the early part. And if Terry or also what was right up on the scene very early, it'd be interesting to see whether... Um, uh, Greg Sugars would want to take that trail or not. And I think it's a possibility. And it just opens it up a little bit more in the way I'm thinking to the winning chances. Uh, my tips are five, two, three, and six. Um, if it was always as straightforward as my uh, initial thought, um, we would uh, probably have more money in our pockets, uh, Steve. But uh, <laughs> I'm entertaining the chances of, of Terry improving. Uh, well, I would say improving. If he, if he is able to get to the front... Uh, he, he is a strong winning chance as well. Yeah, that's where I had that interesting speed map uh, part out of it. I thought Fides could lead like Captain Wood cross him and they'd happily take a sit on him. And over the 21.50, I actually thought Greg would be happy to take a sit because he does lead so well over the short, but he hits the line brilliantly over the long. And the question was for mine was, so what? 
do they just run the gate with La Captain and, and pounce straight on the front? And uh, and then that makes it a little bit harder for Terry. But Terry, last time it drew three, it led and it won and it beat Ideal Escape and Co. So, you know, it's it's a small field, but it's a very interesting speed map when you know Let's Rock, Let's Roll won't get into that. Silent Major won't get into that. But the other four runners are certainly real big players in that early speed map. So interesting race. You have gone five, two, three and six. And I have gone five, six, three and and two so almost identical just mix the numbers up a little bit now i think we've got a break to go to uh now i'll just wait to hear from the producer if we've got a break to go to when we come back dan we might go through your best bets your multi and if we've got time we might have a quick look at the cobram cup but we'll come back straight after this break Text us on 0499 736 736. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. Steve Cleave and Dan Malecki wrapping the show up. We start off with Dan's best bet. We don't have the stingers for this, Dan. So far away, what are your best bets for Saturday night's Bendigo Cup coverage? Number of races there where I was just a fraction off horses that I thought were, were best bets and particularly around Bendigo as well. I'm always mindful of, you know, if it's at Melton, I can see races a certain way at other tracks, if particularly if I don't call it as often, um, I, I don't get my confidence up as high. But I do think Soho Honey Ride is the one to beat. And I've found as the best bet on the card, race one, horse number four. Possibly start from three if the emergency doesn't get a run. But I like where she is going, even though she's up against those older horses. Um, each way, race two, number 10, Dance Away. And race nine, number seven, More Wanted. And my long shot for the night, race six, number nine, Radius. Be interested to see what sort of price that Radius comes up. And um, it, it just might be a chance that, it, look, it, it's one of those, if it come up $8, it wouldn't sort of interest me, but it could be 31 You just don't know, um, Steve. But uh, just keep that in mind. If Radius does come up at, at what seems like really attractive odds, he, he might be the improver on the night. Although I do think Jillaby Jack Sparrow will be very hard to beat in that same race. And my, uh, my multi... I think, what about each way all up? Race two, number 10, dance away into race nine, number seven, more wanted. Uh, or uh, take them both all up a place. I think both will give you a terrific side. No, that's terrific. So race one, number four is your best bet of the race, of the night. Race two, number 10, each way. And then a couple of value bets. And your multi, race two, number 10 into race nine, number seven. Have you had a chance to look at the Cobram Cups, Dan? I've had a look. I'm not sure if I've really worked it out yet. I, I think Earl of Pembroke is a, a pace of going places and he's, he's uh, last four starts. They've been wins, so it suggests he certainly is. What initially looked like some key chances with experienced horses on the back row, but um, invitation only is the interesting horse, Steve. First up now with... Uh, Isabel Walsh, uh, David Miranda Drive, he's got a good record in uh, in Cobram Cup, so it's the interesting runner. Um, but I think Earl of Pembroke uh, would be the horse to beat uh, there, but with a big query, uh, big watch, um, uh, a lot of respect for invitation only. 
Yeah, it's going to be a, an interesting race. And uh, one I like in that, just at rough odds, I think Platinum Stride certainly got a good chance. But Raw for Roscoe, probably haven't seen the best of him this prep. But his last start, his times were very good. I can see him going back, being driven very quietly and coming home with one run. And I think he can be running into the placings. And I, look, I wouldn't be surprised if he's 25, 30 to 1. So a little bit of a value play there for mine. Race 6 is the Central Murray Credit Union Cobham Trotters Cup. Did anything jump out at you here, Dan? No, this would be a pretty tricky race. I think there's a lot of horses with chances here, and rightfully so. Elderbaran Keeper, I think, um, is the hardest to beat. Um, but I think Kai Valley Hotspur, the stable mate, has got a terrific chance. Last few races um, have been a little indifferent. Uh, I don't want to be too picky because previous form was excellent, including winning a Yarra Valley Trotters Cup um, in uh, in November and beating a horse horses like Olavici and Visionary. I mean, it's pretty hard to trump that sort of form. So I think Kai Valley Hotspur uh, is a terrific hope and uh, maybe at each way odds. Yeah, it'd be nice to see. Uh, as I said, we don't have those odds available, but we've only got a couple of minutes to go, Dan. I might run through our black book. So I'll Right now, I'll just quickly say thank you for all your wonderful insight and tips for the meeting. It's going to be a terrific meeting. We'll let you go, and I shall rip through my selections for the little black book. Excellent. Thanks very much, Steve. Uh, good luck and good punting, everyone. Thanks, Dan. That was Dan Malecki sharing all of his insight for the Bendigo Cup meeting. We've only got another couple of minutes to go, so very quickly, we do have the little black book going uh, covering the Bendigo meeting. We have a few runners going around, but our major bets, we have race number two, Illawong Awesome, number eight. This horse is absolutely kicking the door down for a win, just needs a little bit of luck. I think the best horse, Dance Away, uh, although it's off the second row, may help sort of open this field up a bit for Illawong Awesome to be able to get off the fence and find a path through. And I would be playing that horse a little one by five bet each way. So if you're going to have $10 a win, have $50 a place on it. We do have race four, number seven, Revel Stoke. Race five, number two, and... RC Phoenix and number five, Ebony's Avenger, but they'll find it tough up against Queen Elida and I'm ready, Jet, Mafasa, Metro and Co. Race six, the horse that Dan was talking about just before, Jillaby Jack Sparrow. He is one of our black bookers along with Sly Terror. We then slide over to the Bendigo Pacing Cup where we have four runners in the little black book. We have number one, Serge Blanco, number six, Beyond the Light, number seven, Coravelli Star, and number nine, Max Delight. We, I think we can trifecta this race with Serge Blanco, well, Beyond Delight, Serge Blanco, and Max Delight in that order. I'm having a $100 win bet straight out on Beyond Delight. Then a small win by large place bet, Serge Blanco, and the same with Max Delight. So if you're going to be playing that, I'll be playing a, a 1x6 or a 1x5 on those two horses as well. And then we also have Paradise Valley in race 8 to finish off the little black book. It's been a terrific show today. We do have the trackside boys coming up very shortly. And then I'll be back at 6 p.m., for the Friday, who, sorry, we've got Mick Gannon and 
Cam Luke on today. So look out. They will be giving us a fill up. And I'll be back tonight at 6 p.m. with Damo Watson for Friday Night Trackside, which we have renamed Friday Night Fill Up. But until then, if you missed any of these tips, you can go and listen to the podcast. But make sure you join us back here on SEN Track.